The Temple Commute, Season 3, Episode 6, Conferences, in which Sean and I discuss what teachers get up to when they're put all together in a convention hall. Let's go! I come to conferences because uh, it's such a big party to network with new people that are educators around the world. Oh, well, in this one in particular, of course, uh, to get back what I give out all year gives me back energy and motivation. And... Uh, because um, I like to network with like-minded people who are interested in the same sort of things and learn from them and then hopefully share a few ideas of my own as well. Uh, to meet people, share ideas, uh, find out new tech tools especially. I come to conferences to get updated with all the new technology that's out there. I come to conferences to see how quickly the ELT world is moving forward or not. Um, I come to this com for conference uh, to network with people and for my own professional development. Thank you. I come to this conference just to see the city and the beauties of Birmingham. <laughs> I come to conference because I want to know the uh, latest up-to-date uh, information about the methodology, teaching materials, and uh, yes, that's the why. That's the main idea. Yes. Well, I come to conferences because of my work. I edit a website magazine called Humanizing Language Teaching and I recruit, harvest articles and recruit authors to contribute. I come to conferences to learn new things and to network. I come to conferences to learn new things and network and connect with people. Hey Sean. Hi Lindsay, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Have you recovered? I, I don't know to be honest. I, 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 I think that, I, well, if recovered Recover from conferencing is what Lindsay's talking about. Um, I don't know. The more I go to I attend the TEFL, the more I realise how old I am, and it takes me ages to recover. How about you? Oh. Uh, I'm I'm getting there. Just for our listeners, we've just come. We're recording this just fresh back from IATEFL, the International Association of Teachers of English as a Foreign Language, one of the biggest conferences in the world for English language teachers. This year was held in Birmingham. There were two thousand seven hundred teachers there. Ah, no, it's no, like no, no. We got, we, well, that's wrong. We got to three thousand by the end. We got to three thousand. Oh. Yeah, it's the biggest one. Yeah. And it was in a big, enormous convention center. It's like a four or five day jamboree of talks from eight in the morning through to six at night followed by evening events and dinners and uh, different award things parties all kinds of stuff it's really just full-on elt for like uh what i don't know like what's 24 hours times four like, well for, for, for you I, for me I, I arrived monday afternoon and i left the following saturday afternoon so it was a very long week for yeah for me but uh, by the but, end you're just exhausted it sounds like we're complaining. It's a, it's a, but it's we are complaining, but we're not because it's a great thing, and we definitely recommend it to any of our listeners to go to IATEFL if you get a chance. Um, there are also lots of um, scholarships available, and apparently, for some of them, they have trouble um, giving them out because not enough people apply. So definitely oh, really? apply. Oh, yeah, that's what I'd heard. Um, do you remember? Definitely. 
do you remember, Sean, your first conference? Not first Ayatollah, but your first conference ever. Um, I, I, I remember, yes, yes and no. I kind of, I remember my first conference, uh, what I would consider to be my first conference, but I remember it for a very odd reason. And, um, and it kind of inspired me to start conferences. It was a very, it was one of these conferences that was held, um, within a school, you know, many, many larger schools have their own one day event and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. The, sco the school in question was into the Inter international house Budapest. And um, um, it sticks in my mind, not not bec um, because um, as a kind of young um, teacher, I'd, I'd be this is five years into a very long career. What is now a very long career? I went to I went over to Budapest to for this conference, and uh, at the time, the director of education of Budapest was Jim Scrivener, and of course, everybody looks to Jim Scrivener's work. But my first meeting with Jim Scrivener, like, oh no, this person whose book I, I read, he was Father Christmas giving out presents. So <laughs> that's how it sticks in my mind. That's my really? very first. Was he like literally conference. dressed up as Father Christmas? Yeah, he was, and and, and you, you know Jim as well. <laughs> you know, he yeah. fits the role quite well. I can see that. I can see that. And I can see that in a very congenial way. And it's like, oh right, okay. Uh, but the the, the, the conference itself if I, if I hadn't gone to that conference i don't think i'd be doing what i did now because it, it was just inspiring in many 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 ways uh yeah. and we we actually went on and started our own conference at the school i worked at because of going to that one and and so on and so forth so uh, that's the one that really sticks in my mind as, as, as kind of my benchmark first conference which is probably well over 20 years ago now um yeah. yourself uh, mine, I think, was around, uh, yeah, similar length of time ago. Uh, I went to a conference in uh, in Mexico at the the big city next to the town that I was teaching at. That was a more just a university conference. But the one that I really remember was a few years later, I think it was in 1998, in Cordoba, Spain. No, sorry, Granada, Spain. Um, a lovely conference called Greta, which is still happening but not as popular as it used to be um and i remember that same feeling of seeing people whose work whose books i had on the bookshelves you know dog-eared copies of mario winvaluki books and kind of meeting him there seeing him there uh, at a talk and and other people and i remember that kind of magic feeling hey here's, did, here's did, a, did, you, yeah. did you spend the first i was i think i spent my first few conferences being starstruck it took me a while to realize you actually learn as much, if not more, from practicing, te you know, more everyday teachers like myself. But yes, you just kind of go true. to conferences almost like with an A to Z of, of names that you've read the book of. <laughs> it's true as well. And it makes me think of people who go to big music festivals and, they, they, and of course, there's the headlining acts and everyone says they go to that. But then everyone likes to talk about the other independent groups or lesser known groups that they yeah. say feel like treat. Although the headline acts often, you know, they don't disappoint, but, um, yeah. What about Spain? Speaking? Yeah. In Spain. I was, just, just when you said that conference was, was the conference you mentioned there. I mean, I lived in the Czech Republic, which is a very small population. I mean, full stop. Uh, but the amount of teaching conferences that we used to have, there, um, um, you know, almost every weekend there would be some form of, of conference. Is it the same in Spain? No, not entirely. I think there are, like, maybe half a dozen big ones on the like big local ones and right. they're not that big. Um, and then there's the TESOL Spain one. Um, the country that I think has, 
you, you know, you can't uh, go a, a few steps without hitting a conference is Turkey. I found that that had oh, yeah. every weekend was a conference there. Um, really vibrant um, ELT scene in Turkey over the past few years, um, but characterized by an awful lot of conferences. I must admit, as a presenter, I've been to many conferences in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. really like, 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 I like the audiences there, but there are a lot of conferences. So, Sean, how about this question? Do you remember the first time you spoke at a conference? Uh, well, the first time I spoke at a conference would have probably been given a workshop in the, the following year in Budapest. What sticks in my mind more is the first time I spoke at a plea gave a, a big plenary because I simply remember it as the time I wasn't Michael Swan. Um, no, it was a it was a it was a big conference in Serbia. Have you ever spoken in Serbia? This is about yeah. a decade ago. They do they do this conference where thousands of teachers go to that uh, the Sava Center in the center of Belgrade. Yes, yes I believe. And, you know, yeah. and, and um, so this first time I was asked to represent the publisher at a as a at a plenary talk, and um, it was and I was told when I arrived in Serbia that they, they they'd really wanted Michael Swan to come, and I simply wasn't Michael Swan, and it's like not the confidence building thing I needed to stand oh on, God, on, yeah. on a stage in front of a thousand people or so to to speak speak for. I mean, these days I give plenaries quite often, so it's not a problem. But back then, oh my gosh! So, but it always sticks in my mind as. I am not Michael Swan. Somebody exactly. self. <laughs> uh, oh, it was probably a, a few years after that as well, but at a small conference. But the reason I asked you uh, is because I spoke to someone at another conference in Austria, Natalia Ladigina, I hope I haven't pronounced her name incorrectly. She shared with me a really nice story of what happened to her the first time she gave a talk. And I wonder if this is something that would make any of our listeners uh, nervous if they were going to give their talk for the first time. I'll let Natalia take it from here. Well, the most, the scariest experience or the most embarrassing one was when I was giving my first talk ever. Normally when I'm in the classroom, I never have more than 15 people, generally between 8 and 10. And when I was invited to give a talk at the conference, um, they told me that I should expect between 50 and 60 people, and that was scary enough for me at that time. But when, when there was uh, time to start giving a talk, people started coming in, and there were 30, and then about 50. Okay, it was still okay, I was prepared for that. And then there were 70, and more than that, 200 and about 250 and that's when I got really scared. I got scared to such an extent that I forgot everything I was going to say. More than that I forgot to I forgot the title of my talk. So I was looking at them, I was staring at them with with a blank mind until someone uh, next to me said, hey, it's going to be okay and gave me a plastic cup of water and that's when I switched on again and started talking. Everything went well, but I will nev never forget how scary it might be for the first time. It's kind of that's reminiscent. That, it's kind of almost like that Michael Swan story. Isn't it? There more and more people. Is, is it, it, sort of like more and more people turning up. You said you think it's going to be bad when it's you know like there's 15 people and you think good there'll be nobody else and then there's 30 and then there's like 200 and you're just. There are a lot of, I'm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call myself. I mean, I wouldn't call myself like a prima donna. But when I'm giving talks at conferences, I get really nervous. And you know, I have. I've, I've become almost OCD. I need to use my com my own computer, and anything will throw me off 
uh, of it. It's just kind. Of, I don't know why, because I'm just not that kind of person normally. But but I so I so her, her story really resonates with me about how how it throws you off. Yeah, That's, exactly. I've I've been given good bits of advice though over the years on conference talks, and I find now that often I'm I'm going to conferences, I'm watching talks and and things like that, and thinking of ah, this is a good thing that they did as a presenter. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm paying attention to the content, but as a presenter. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's the same. I think it, be, it becomes, a, a, for me, it becomes kind of a goal to craft my talk. <laughs> I really take, yeah. I spend, I don't know, I spend far too long actually honing a talk and trying to have it make it, you know, complete in a sense. Uh, yeah. uh, from, so what advice would you give to people that are kind of go, getting ready for a, for a conference talk? Because it is, we are, we are in conference season at the moment. So. Yes, exactly. And that's what we wanted to talk about. One of the things about conferences, of course, is giving a talk. Um, I think I, I have three things to say. One is uh, what kind of talk is it going to be? So there's like plenaries, workshops, uh, presentations or seminars and, and, and kind of talks. And I think each of those are slightly different. What I see sometimes the problem is, is when someone has a talk and they're trying to do a workshop. So a talk should be sort of just like sharing findings or, 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 or explaining something. Um, and then sometimes I've seen workshops that are given as talks. So yeah. if something is a workshop, I expect as an audience member to do something, like at least talk with my partner, if not work through something on a worksheet or, 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 or try something out. Um, and a plenary, I feel, you know, this is great if I do something, but it's not always necessary. And especially in big, big plenary rooms, you, you might not want to. If I go to a plenary, I expect to be sort of motivated or learn something new. So that would be my first advice is like, decide what, what you're doing and make sure it kind of fits that so that the audience expectations are met. The second thing is, and I think this, I say this to lots of first time presenters, is the audience wants you to succeed. They're with you. They're not going there. If, you, if they don't know you, they're not going there thinking, this is going to be awful, and I really hope I have a really crappy time. They're going there <laughs> thinking, I want, to be, I want to be informed, or I've come here because this looks interesting, because this looks fun, because I want to know more. And so they're willing you. You almost have to kind of envisage that they're all behind you. You know, it's not like going to a stand-up show where you want to just slam the, the comedian or you've had a few drinks and you're just going <laughs> to... No, don't worry. Although, although, um, okay, I, 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 I definitely agree with you. I, in my experience, I would definitely agree with you. Do you not find? I guess the, if we take the social media word, if do you not find there are some trolls that go to conferences? Okay, there are. <laughs> the trolls in ELT conferences are few and far between that will actually dare like shout something out. I've seen it like once or twice, and it's such a scarring thing that everybody talks about it for the rest of the conference. I, 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 I mean, it might have been an inexperience, but I always sometimes I felt like you know when I first I guess back then. Now I'm probably a bit more a bit too overconfident uh, sometimes, but it's more like the, I don't think the people need to troll, but they ask a question, and it's kind of are you testing me? Are you? Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that's another thing I'd say for first time presenters: be very careful about any questions. Because there's some uh, at the end of the talk. Um, sometimes people will ask a question that has nothing to do with your talk. They just want to hear themselves talk and hear themselves bring up a, a favorite point. Another thing that I would recommend to first-time presenters, if you're feeling really nervous, is find anchors in the audience. These are people that look kind of nice with like nice faces, and they're sort of smiling at you, and and can, can consistently kind of look 
look back to them. I have actually a, a couple of friends of mine who come in and say, I'm going to be your friendly face, Lindsay. And so I always know if things are going bad, they, they will, you know, stay with me. And, you know, they kind of help, <laughs> Although, help. Uh, that, that's true. And I do the same. Although, uh, you know, there's that, always that moment when you look up and they're not paying attention or they've got a serious look on their face or something else. And then you think, <gasps> is, is, you know, yes. is it that bad? <laughs> it's true. It's true. But, I mean, we're all teachers, and I think some of these things are the same kind of things we must have experienced when we were teaching the first time. Uh, and now we've just got more confidence as teachers. Absolutely. The last point, the last point I'll mention, which is a more of a structure-oriented one, like often in your talks you may have like an outline, an important outline that you're going to go through. So let's say you've got three or four main points. I learned this from a business uh, talks that I was watching online. And this was really good. So you put that outline on a slide at the beginning, um, and then you repeat that same slide throughout the pres presentation, but highlighting the point you're about to talk oh, about. Yeah. And then at the end, you put the slide with all things highlighted. So and this is, I think someone once said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to tell you what I talked about. And that kind of sounds a bit condescending, but it's so satisfying as an audience member, because you're like, okay, I totally know where we are, I know how much is left, they're, they're, they're hitting all the points they want to hit, and, and it all finishes, and it feels very well organized. So that's an, another good technique. I think with that, that, that technique as well, it's always, uh, 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 it might sound a bit silly, but it, it, the slides are actually that are important. And, and, you know, one of the things that really loses my patience in the talk are people that put too much, uh, too many words on a slide. Yeah, uh, and, that's true and, as well. So then they go, and then they go, well, you can't possibly read all that, so I'm going to read it. Well, if you know you can't possibly read all that, don't put it on the side, you know? Yeah. I actually, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a few years ago, I, I was working for uh, somebody that actually made us all do presentation training, and it was, it was really eye-opening um, as to what our little kind of foibles were and, and things that we did and should do or didn't do. And one of my one of my bad habits is walking around the room, which I enjoyed. I've never actually forgotten. Um, to, uh, I know it's there, and I always have this little voice in the back of my head saying, stand still, stand still, stand still, but I just can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, 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 I've kind of overcome that one. As, as terms of, like, the other thing that happens to that, that that's... I mean, I think what we're saying here also to, to listeners is if you haven't done a conference talk as a, as a teacher, um, it's a worthwhile thing to do. I, I, you know, don't be scared by these stories. And certainly don't be scared by the stories we're about to share. No, but, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's really, a very yeah. worthwhile thing to share some of your own professional experience with others. And, and it makes you feel good about going back into the classroom afterwards. Or it always has been for me. It's great professional development as well. I think, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it, I mean, giving a talk is, is kind of an evolution in, in terms of where you are as a teacher uh, as well. And I yeah. think most people have something to say or something interesting to say. But, but you know, when you go to a talk, Sean, are you uh, sit in the front kind of guy or do you sit in the back? Um, oh, I'm going to give away a secret. If I know the person, I want to yeah. be the supportive person. I'll sit near the front. I used to sit near the back so I could escape, but actually these days I'm, I'm kind of because of, especially conferences like ITEFL, I'm too well known, so I can't actually escape anyway. Right. But, uh, that reminds me of a funny story, actually. Don't we have a story that um, that someone has told us about trying to escape a talk? Shall oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be Gavin, won't it? So let's let's listen to Gavin and what happened with the guy trying to get out of, out of I don't think it was his talk, but out of a talk. Uh, there, are, there are quite a few stories that um, that spring to mind. Uh, one of my favourites was at an IATEFL conference a few years back. I was um, it, it was a pretty packed room, and um, 
the the talk or the session I can't remember exactly what the session was about it was a technology related session uh, but it wasn't exactly to the liking of one of the participants and he uh, he got up and he walked along a row of people inconveniencing them and making them get out of the way and he um, he opened the door and he went out and I, I, I think it was I've always been one of those people who doesn't really um, leave sessions I, I sit to the end even if I'm not enjoying it because it's always seemed to me a little bit rude uh, anyway um, I was sitting there thinking uh, how rude he'd been and everything and I, I got back into the session and um, about two or three minutes later the the door through which this guy had exited opened uh, and he came back out and um, walked the length of the room and out of another door um, it turned out that, that his first exit had actually been into a broom cupboard and I, I, I always imagine him sitting in there for about three minutes thinking oh god oh god what have I done can I can I get up and walk out again or have I just you know have I stretched people's tolerance far enough that's classic it is funny. That's such a classic i think there's other things that um i mean a couple of other things that people uh, often talk about at conferences are asking if the tech is working and and is you know either presenters or or even people saying you know i can't couldn't hear the audio or i was in a talk and it was supposed to use internet and of course the internet broke down and everything like that i'm sure we all have some war stories but i think we have Instead of you and I sharing them, shall we? Uh, shall we play a couple of other war stories of yeah, let's listen, listen, and listen audience them. members who have seen some crazy things? Okay, uh, so this happened to me uh, at a conference in Tarija in Bolivia, and uh, I was going to give a plenary speech, the closing plenary mm -hmm. at the conference, and. Uh, the, the plenary was going to be held in a movie theatre and I had my slide, at that time it was not slides but it was uh, overhead, overhead slides or whatever you call them and uh, in the middle of my talk suddenly there was a power cut and, uh, and I asked uh, what shall I do, shall we stop until the electricity, electricity comes back and people said, no, 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 just carry on. So in the dark, I went on giving my plenary talk without the overhead transparencies, of course. And I couldn't see my notes either. So it was very romantic, you know, in, in the dark, I had to carry on. And about 10 minutes later, the, the lights came back. So finally, you know, it, it had a happy ending. So I was at a conference, which I'm not going to mention, with a friend who I'm also not going to mention. And we were sitting there during the uh, opening speeches uh, of the conference. And then she turned to me and she, she whispered, uh, do you think this is a good time to go to the bathroom? And I said, yeah, it's, it's probably years because uh, I, I need to go as well. So let's, let's creep out at this point. So, um, so we stood up and just as we started walking, they began to do the... Um, began to do a presentation about all the charity work they'd been doing uh, and it was all very earnest and sincere and everyone was paying lots of attention and what I didn't realize was that my friend was wearing very large high heels and the floor of the room that we were in was made of kind of varnished wood and that is not a good combination so as soon as she started to walk out of the room suddenly there was this clack 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 and you could 
feel the heads turning, looking at us disapprovingly as we walked out of the room during this very sincere charity presentation. And I'll, I'll never do that again. <laughs> it just it made me think, what, what's the worst thing that's ever happened during one of your plenary talks? Or, uh, oh, I had one that was on video, and the video didn't work, and so I st while they were trying to fix the video, I was... I was using, uh, just going through the PowerPoint and just sort of saying, well, later on when this gets fixed, you'll see an example video of this. Then the PowerPoint bulb broke, and so then they had a flip chart there. So I was writing the slides on the flip chart saying, this is what I had on the slide, and when the video works and we get a new projector in, you'll see the video. And then the, flips, the flip chart, like the leg broke, and the whole thing collapsed. And by that point, everyone was laughing so hard, and I was laughing actually too, you know, so as not to cry, so I just kind of, I gave up. <laughs> And we just sort of, you know, it was only 10 minutes left. And I said, look, this is, we're, we're done here, guys. Uh, Sean, I was thinking, uh, one of the things is, is if people haven't gone to a conference, maybe they'd like to know where they are. And I've got, I found a really good website, actually, online that has loads and loads of information about uh, conferences around the world. Um, let me just share with you and the listeners. It's uh, by Tyson Seaburn. The, um, he's a guy in Toronto, was head of uh, TESOL Toronto for many years, and he started making this calendar, which was a crowdsourced ELT event calendar. And it's at 4c.ca slash calendar slash um and just looking at it i'm looking at april i mean these are really the months for for april, look how busy april is i know but april he shows which ones are like online which ones are europe oceania uh, south america north america africa and it's just packed like this is just one week in uh, in april um has around like 12 things in it well i mean i'm off to a com i'm off uh, this weekend to to belgium for a conference but it, uh, i know of another at least another three or four conferences taking place this weekend it's just it's incredible how many are there it's interesting you just mentioned online conferences and of course they are, there are more and more of those coming on so you know teachers yeah. uh, i mean one often people people can't go to high level because it's a, it is quite costly to go, not just That's not, true. not to That's attend true. a conference. But of course, the, the, these days there are many online conferences, which I guess the the main expense of that is your time because if you've got an internet and a computer, you just need to find time for it. So, so teachers yeah. who are looking at wanting to actually go to a conference, but you know for for, for financial reasons or you know uh, other reasons they they can't, then on looking at online conferences uh, is a is a is a is a way forward. Um, and one of the best ones I. I still think is IATEFL online, which has lot not all of IATEFL, but it has lots of the sessions really professionally filmed, lots of oh, interviews, yeah. um, really good stuff there. Yeah, we'll put make sure we've got the link to the online site uh, with it. Uh, speaking of speaking of IATEFL conferences, in November this year it will be the IATEFL online conference, and it will be a joint conference with um, with TESOL in the states. Uh, so that's wow. going to be a th it's going to be a three day quite a full on conference online. So uh, my gosh. Because, of course, the other big, big conference is TESOL, the one in the United States. In fact, that's bigger in numbers than, than IATEFL. You've been to, you've been to that, haven't you? I've never I've been, been to that. that. It is, it's so huge. The conference program is like a telephone book. It's, it's <laughs> you know, there's just so much choice that you just kind of, you know, you don't even know where to start. But again, really good stuff. Um, I'm going to... I thought I, we would finish. We've shared quite a lot of stories. I thought I'd finish with a neat little idea for anyone going to a conference, um, kind of fun idea that, that was uh, doing the rounds a little while ago. People were writing about it on blogs. Conference bingo. Have you ever heard of this, Sean? Is it kind of like buzzword bingo? 
it's buzzword bingo. So basically, you get a like a, a two by three card uh, yeah. and and fill all the squ things in with buzzwords. So uh, why don't we finish by suggesting to each other what buzzwords we thought would have been on the IATFL 2016 conference bingo card? If to have gotten a full bingo, what words would have been on there? I'm going to start. I'm going to say uh, native, non-native. Oh, that, that was the that was that was the easy one to get that was out one. of there. Um, I, it's not a buzzword in the sense, but fiftieth conference because it came up. I mean, it was it was That's said true. everywhere. That's true. Go? I, uh, I, I'll say um, I will say twenty first century skills. Oh, yeah, which which were in two thousand and sixteen. Get over that word. I know, but it's still all <laughs> over the conferences, man. I know, I know, and I just kind of—it's kind of like, um, well, I, I wouldn't put it as a good word, but it's four C's. I'm so sick of hearing four C's. I, no, not not nope. Tyson's, not Tyson's uh, diary, but this general four C's in twenty first century skills. And I'm guilty of saying it rather a lot in conference talks, but ne but never again. Uh, seat, that's going to be your one on the on the. No, board. no, no. I take it. I'm, I'm, I went to a lot of techie talks. Collaboration, collaboration came up quite a lot. Uh, yes. Okay, I'm going to give you another C. Critical thinking. Your turn. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, um, I, you know, my brain's gone dead. As oh, come on, gamification. gamification. Um, gamification didn't really come. Game-based learning did, and as I'm sure you were in the same talk as I, that made the made the distinction between that. Yeah. Um, um, oh, I quite like um, the word that because we had a long discussion about it in the pub afterwards. But affordances, which which came out. Affordances is another good bingo word. Which anyway. For our listeners, uh, if you have any other words that you would suggest for an IATFL or other conference bingo card, be sure to share them with us on our Facebook page or on our website, which is www.theteflcommute.com. Sean, are we done? Are we almost done? We I think so. I, I just, yeah, my brain's still in kind of, I'm still doing lots of post-conference catch-up, so it's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Post and pre-conference. Post IATFL, pre the next conference, which I'm going yeah. to. So. Yeah. Right. Shall we, shall we finish, uh, finish with a bit of advice for uh, for people attending their first conference? Oh, uh, yes. We asked a lot of people what their advice was for attending their first conference. Some real nice stuff. Let's finish with that. I think attending a conference for the first time, I think most people tend to go to the sessions. They, they, they don't want to miss the sessions. They go to the sessions. I would suggest maybe having a rest from the sessions occasionally and just going have a coffee, meeting people, networking, finding people you have similar interests and things you have in common with because uh, in my experience the most interesting thing about conferences is meeting people face to face. Um, go to as many talks as you can but, but not overdo it. Make sure you meet people and you talk outside the, the, um, you know, the session rooms. To wear black shoes if they're girls. Um, to dress very comfortably and uh, not to try and go to everything be very selective because you also need some breaks and to connect with people conferences are mostly for networking rather than going to sessions don't try to see too much um, enjoy yourself um, seek a bit of advice on which sessions to attend if you're not sure and uh, have a good time yeah, I would never wear high heels to a conference myself, Lindsay. Anyway, on that note, I think we'll leave it. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you at a conference one of these days.
Now that your commute is coming to an end, here's an idea you can take into class. Ask students to make an invented business card. This must include a new name, a new profession, and an invented email and phone number. Students then hold on to these business cards and have an impromptu conference where they're all meeting each other for the first time. Of course, if you yourself have been to an ELT conference recently, you might have a collection of other people's business cards. Instead of students making their own, do the same activity, but this time give students each a different business card of people you've met. Include other business cards you have around at home. During the classroom conference, students must introduce themselves and make small talk with each other, then report back to the class. Can they remember the right names and job titles? You can find the instructions for this activity at our website, tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to the Elton-nominated TEFL Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at tefelcommute.com.